Welcome to C3 San Diego. Need something fresh, real, and powerful in your life? Connect with us on social media, get live stream service notifications, podcasts, and up-to-date information on upcoming events. We are so glad you're joining us for a powerful, life-transforming message from one of our C3 San Diego pastors. We would love to hear about how God is impacting your life through this ministry. Please share your experience with us at info at c3sandiego.com. If you'd like to be a part of what C3 Church is doing in the city of San Diego and beyond, you can contribute financially by going to c3give.com and choosing the giving option that works best for you. We hope you enjoy this message. Hey, church, it's great to be with you. Pastor Jurgen here. You've got such a great word. I am going to love preaching to you on this amazing Me Monsters series. Today, the title of my message is Don't Be One of the Three Monkeys. Uh, there's this kind of Middle Eastern-ish kind of uh, philosophy and they've got three monkeys and the three monkeys are hear no evil, see no evil, speak no evil. Hear no evil, see no evil, speak no evil. And so the whole goal is to not, not see, not hear, not speak wrong things. And while we absolutely believe that death and life is in the power of the tongue and there are a lot of people who see the glass half empty or, you know, life is, you know, bitter and twisted, we actually want you to, to see, we actually want you to hear, and we actually want you to speak life, good, power, purpose. So don't be one of the three monkeys. Let me give you a couple of scriptures as we, as we come there. The first one is found in 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 41. 1 Kings 18, verse 41. It says, Then Elijah said to Ahab, Go up and eat and drink, for there is the sound of of an abundance of rain. And then the Bible says, Ahab went up to eat and drink while Elijah went up to the top of Mount Carmel and he bowed down to the ground, put his face between his knees and he began to pray. And then he said to his servant, go up now, look toward the sea. So he went up and looked and he said, there is nothing. Seven times he said, go again. Then it came to pass the seventh time that he said, there is a cloud as small as a man's hand rising out of the sea. So he said, go up and say to Ahab, prepare your chariot and go down before the rain stops you and the sky becomes black with clouds and it pours down rain. One other quick scripture, then we're going to unpackage this. In Hebrews 11 verse 1, it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. One more time. Now faith, not tomorrow faith, not yesterday faith, now faith. Faith is always now. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen or things unseen. I want to talk to you today, me monsters, about the fact that there are a lot of people so busy trying to block out negative words and negative vision and negative things in their hearing that they actually miss what God wants to do. As you find, as you get engaged in church, what God wants to do is unblock your ears. He wants you to open your eyes. So many times Jesus said, he who has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit's saying. He, he quite often told the disciples, lift up your eyes and see. Jesus taught the disciples about the power of their words. He said, if you say to this mountain, be removed and don't, it'll happen. They were asking him to increase their faith. And he said, it's simple. Instead of speaking about your mountain, instead of speaking about your problem, whining and complaining, eroding your faith, begin to speak to your problem. Begin to declare 
This year we're getting a home. This year things are about to change. My marriage is getting better. My kids are coming, coming back. They're, they're coming back to Christ. Life is going to work. God's got a future for me. Begin to change what you speak. So the Bible teaches us that there is hope, there is faith, and then there's the unseen. Faith is the transport mechanism that God uses to bring the unseen into a reality in our lives. A lot of people live with hope. Man, I you know, hope I get a job when I graduate from uh, college. Man, I, I hope things work out. Man, I hope God's got something good. Man, I hope I'm marrying the right person. Man, I hope I'm doing the right thing. Man, I hope this, this, this new job works out. Man, I hope this expenditure on this house or a car is going to pan out. A lot of people live with hope. God doesn't want to just abandon you to only living with hope. He wants to put faith in. And faith is where you begin to, to have the unseen visualize and become a reality. When we got to San Diego and they told me how difficult it was to, to get a building and then I began to share my vision. My vision was one church in four locations. And then one of the pastors who was there said, four locations? I don't see how you're going to get four buildings. And all I remember is sitting there, I didn't say it out loud, I just internalized it. I said, I do. I can see four buildings. In fact, I see more than four buildings. Right now we've got five and we're still taking ground. God is a good God. He's doing good things in our life. We're going to continue to take ground. We're going to continue to buy buildings. We're going to continue to enlarge because of this thing called faith. God wants you to have faith. But faith is determined by what you hear. The Bible says that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. You're the smartest people in San Diego. You made a decision. You're the smartest people, San Diego, Salt Lake City, in America. You made a decision. I'm going to be in the house of God. I'm going to be listening to not what CNN saying. I'm going to be listening not to Time Magazine or National Geographic or Reader's Digest. I'm going to be listening to the Word of God. You'll find that as the Word goes in, faith begins to rise. As faith begins to rise, you begin to see. I love this story of Elijah because it is, there's been a drought in the land for three and a half years. The drought has forced a showdown. It, it, it has forced an engagement between the prophets of the Lord, being Elijah, and the false prophets, the prophets of Baal. And you probably know the story on Mount Carmel where fire comes down from heaven, licking up the, the, the wood and the rocks and the sacrifice and all the water and all the nation falls down and says, the Lord, He is God, the Lord, He is God. And then Elijah has all the false prophets executed. When that happened, God spoke to Elijah and said, the drought is about to break. The drought is about to break because the people have returned to God. God's going to release the rains from the heavens. So Elijah says to Ahab the king, he says, why don't you go up to your palace, king, you sit on a throne, but it is an earthly throne. You occupy an authority, but you ain't got no power because you don't walk with God. He says, when you go up to your palace and sit on your throne, I'm going to go up to the top of the mountain and I'm going to kneel before the Almighty. I'm going to kneel before my God and I'm going to travail in prayer. And this is what he said. He says, because there is a sound of an abundance of rain. Can I just tell you, that faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. Jesus says, it is written, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. You will find that, that when God's Word comes in, that He begins to put 
a faith on the inside of you that what you're currently seeing is about to shift, that what you're currently experiencing is about to change. I don't know how people outside of church do it because it's only in the house of God when you hear the word from God that your eyes can begin to hope that you, your, your, your spirit, you can begin to believe. I'm not sure how it's going to happen, but my daddy's going to get saved. I'm not sure how it's going to happen, but this drug addiction, I'm not sure how it's going to happen, but healing is going to flow through this body and cancer is going to, going to be a thing of the past. I'm not sure how it's going to happen. You will find that God will always send His Word. When He sends His Word, we, we have a conviction in our spirit that one day our eyes will see what our faith believes. Our eyes will see, our hands will hold, we will experience what our faith already has. That's why the Bible says that faith is the evidence of things aren't seen. I'm, I'm wondering, looking around this congregation right now, what are you holding on the inside of you? What are you believing for on the inside of you? There ought to be something on the inside of you. Don't let the three monkeys, don't let the me monsters get on the inside and you feel with all kinds of negative. Well, you know, it's, it's easy for them. You know, nothing ever good happens to me. Bad things happen in threes in our family. Oh man, we're, we're third generational welfare. Nothing ever good happens. We were born in the wrong shoes, in the wrong tracks, on the wrong side of the street, in the wrong house in the wrong city, in the wrong nation, in the wrong skin color, in the wrong complexion, in the wrong, in the wrong. No, 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 whoa, 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 whoa. Get rid of that stuff. My Bible says that God is no discriminator of persons. My Bible says that God is no respecter of persons. My Bible says that God has no favorites. But the Bible teaches us there is a favor of the Lord. In other words, anybody can get God's favor on their life. Stop disqualifying yourself and begin to understand that the Bible says that whosoever believeth in Him, you can be a whosoever. You can be qualified to have what God has for you. I'm sure Abraham at, at 90, when God said to him, you're going to have a son, said, come on, I'm 90, she's 80. But Abraham believed that what he heard, one day he'd see and one day he'd hold. And because of that, he's called the father of faith. I'm sure Joseph... They would have said to him, Joseph, give up on your stupid dream. You had a dream that the sun, moon and stars, you had a dream that all the sheaves in the field were bowing down before you. Look at you, man. You're in a prison, falsely accused of attempted rape, but no one believes you here. You're a foreigner. You're, you're a Hebrew. There's, there's no evidence that you didn't do it. There was just you and Potiphar's wife and it's her word against your word and she's, a, she's a, an Egyptian, she's a local and you're a Hebrew slave. Why would we listen to a foreigner slave? Why would you take your word? You're going to be in this prison. You may as well just give up on your dream. But I love Joseph because he heard from God and he wasn't going to quit. He wasn't going to back up. He wasn't going to stop until his eyes saw what his spirit had heard. David, they probably said to King David, give up the throne, man. Saul is not going to give you the throne. In fact, he's sending his finest assassins into the countryside to hunt you down like a dog. Not only that, he's setting up Jonathan, his son, to be king in his place. He's not going to let this kingdom and this dynasty. Do you know every king, the successor of the king, is the son or the daughter of the king? You, 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 what are you crazy, man? Give it up. 13 years, he's out in the wilderness hiding in caves. But David held on to the word that God had spoken to him the word that had come through the prophet Samuel, the anointing, the word that one day he would be king over Israel. He never gave up. What are you holding on the inside of you? What is the devil trying to dislodge? He dislodges through discouragement. 
Discouragement is a me monster. It is a monster that'll come in, it'll eat away like a Pac-Man. It'll eat away your faith, it'll eat away your hope, it'll eat away your belief. Stay in the house of God. Stay in the Word of God. Keep coming, keep worshiping, no matter how dark it gets, no matter how bleak it gets, keep lifting your hands in worship because you will find as you do that, God's presence and God's power begins to flow to you and He'll encourage you again. He'll send the Word again. You'll hear the Word again. Elijah had to pray once and the heavens shut up. Sometimes it's easier to get a negative. In fact, sometimes I find I don't need to do anything. Do you know I've never planted a weed in my garden, not one, and yet they're there. But if I want uh, lemons or oranges or whatever, I've got to plant those things. I've got to protect those things. I've got to water those things. I've got to fertilize those things. I've got to, no, I've got to do nothing to get weeds, but I've got to do everything to get fruit. You'll find that that's life. Life has kind of got this adversity, but with God, all things are possible and you're with God. So let me give you three quick thoughts today. The first thought that you need to understand is that everything begins in the invisible and moves towards the visible. Everything begins in the invisible and it moves towards the visible. When we first moved to America, I had the privilege of taking my kids to Disneyland. Man, all, all I remember is the very first day for about three or four hours, I just walked, walked around and just wept. Just wept because it was my dream as a little kid to go to Disneyland and there was no way our family didn't have the means. And then here, just saying yes to Jesus over and over again, saying yes to God over and over again. Here I was not only living in San Diego, but just a one hour's drive away, we're in Anaheim and we're at Disneyland. And I'm walking around and my kids, their eyes were just lit up as we're walking through the main streets and trying to decide which ride to go on. And Leanne saying, hey, they've, they've got a thing now called Fast Passes and all this kind of stuff. And it was just overwhelming. It was just so beautiful. But you, did you know that one, there was a day where Disneyland wasn't there, there was just a big pile of dirt. It was just a desert. In fact, when Walt Disney wanted to buy that land, they said, hey, you're crazy, you're out of your mind. No one's gonna come to a theme park in the back of the California desert. Are you insane? Today, not only is Disneyland there, but there are convention centers and hotels and restaurants, and they all flourish because of Disneyland. But Disneyland, before it existed, before it materialized in the material world, existed in the invisible world, in the mind and in the heart of Walt Disney. My iPhone, I love my iPhone. Our iPhones, before they existed in our hand, existed in the invisible realm, in the mind of Steve, Steve Jobs. Every piece of art that you see, painted there before you, first existed in the invisible before it became visible. You began invisible. You were so tiny, so small, a little seed chasing an egg in the unseen realm, in the micro realm. And now all of a sudden, here you are sitting here today. Everything begins in the invisible and it moves towards the visible. There are a lot of people, listen, the devil wants you to have negative views, nightmares, horrible dreams. He wants to put a picture in your mind of your future that is dark, that is lonely, that is bleak, that is fatal, that is unwholesome. Don't you reject that, reject that. The Spirit of God will never do that to you. The Bible says the Spirit of God will cause young men to see visions and old men to dream dreams. God wants you to dream about your best days in front of you, not behind you. Your greatest days still yet for you to walk into. 
understand that whatever you visualize, you will realize. Therefore, let's make sure we visualize according to the Word of God, according to the promises of God. And let me just tell you something about your Bible. God never speaks something He doesn't will, and God doesn't will something He doesn't speak. So if it's in your Bible, it's for you. If God says it, you can have it. Amen. All right, number two. Second thing, as we're dealing with our me monsters, understand, see no evil, hear no evil, speak no evil. Understand, we want to see the purposes of God. We want to hear God's Word and we want to declare God's Word. So the second one is understand that everything moves from a seed to a harvest. Everything moves from a seed to a harvest. The Bible says, do not despise the day of small beginnings. Everything began small. When we got to San Diego, it was very apparent. We arrived July 4 and I saw fireworks going off and, and I joked to my kids. I said, see, look at this. Look at the party the city's throwing because here we are. We're coming to San Diego to plant this church. Well, no sooner had the plane landed at San Diego airport, we got all our bags off the beltway and then the reality hit us that there was no one here to greet us. There was no one there to pick us up. I'd been traveling itinerant. I'd been traveling from churches all over Australia and New Zealand and pretty much all over the world. And whenever I'd get to an airport, there'd be someone, there'd be a driver assigned to pick me up, to welcome me and take me to a hotel. All of a sudden, here we were, moving halfway around the world from Australia, leaving a sick mom and friends and family and everything else behind. We land, there's no one there to pick us up, no one there to greet us. We've got to find a shuttle bus and make our way to... Uh, one of the car rental places, we rent a car and, and uh, I didn't have the heart to tell Leanne that our rental property that I put a deposit down had fallen through. The guy redeposited re the, the, uh, the deposit we put down, he put it back into our bank account. And so Leanne's like, I've got uh, three little ones, suitcases, where, where, where are we staying? And I'm like, let's just look for a hotel. So we just got on the freeway and I don't know where I was driving. But all of a sudden, we, we come up to the, uh, the Marriott Residence Inn in Scripps Ranch. But I remember just walking in there and they gave us two days. They said, you can we'll say we'll take it. That'll at least help us to, to acclimate a little bit. But we took that and I was overwhelmed and overrun by just the enormity of this call of God. But I know that God is a God who brings harvest from seeds and that He was sending us out as a seed. A seed is tiny and a seed goes into the ground and you can't even see it. You don't even see that seed anymore. And that's what God was doing with us. He was saying, right now you're a seed and right now I'm, I'm putting you into a place of anonymity. I'm putting you into a place where no one knows you're here. No one can even see you. But the time's going to come. That seed poof, is going to sprout and then it's going to grow and it's going to flourish and it's going to become a tree. And birds of the air are going to nest in its branches and the fruit on, those tr on that tree will be delightful fruit, life-giving fruit. The flowers on that tree will, will send forth a fragrance of worship and honor and glory to God right throughout. Don't despise the day of small beginnings. Right now, you may be in a seed stage. Everything begins as a seed. Even Genesis, it begins as a little garden in, in Eastwood in Eden but it finishes with a great city in the book of Revelation. Moses began as a seed, but then one little baby put down the Nile River, comes back as a, an 80-year-old anointed of God, powerhouse deliverer, 
who delivers an entire nation, 1.6 million Israelites out of the grip of Pharaoh and breaks the dynasty of 400 years, 10 consecutive generations of slavery. Jesus was a seed and now he's the firstborn of all creation. Abraham, God said to him, in your seed, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. Everything begins as a seed. Do you know Microsoft began in a garage? It began in a garage. Everything begins as a seed. Everything that you see as a global enterprise today, at one point it was a seed. Don't despise a day of small beginnings. Don't let the me monsters discourage you because right now things are small and things aren't looking good. And right now all you've got is an idea or all you've got is a little startup. And man, you don't even have an office. We're just working out of our garage. You'll find the best things come out of those little seeds. Don't worry about that. Worry about the seed. If you get the seed right, the harvest will take care of itself. Amen. Amen. Number three, you'll find that faith has its own language. Faith has its own language. We don't want you to, to see negativity. We want you to see that God, even in a seed. See, they say this, they say that a botanist can tell you how many seeds there are in an orange, but only God can tell you how many oranges there are in a seed. When the Spirit of God is on the inside of you, people may laugh at your little seed. They may laugh at your business idea. They may laugh at your venture. They may laugh at your little life choices to serve God and follow God and to be in church. But you know what? You, you can just laugh right back because you know that in this little seed, there's a whole orange juice factory. A botanist can tell you how many seeds there are in an orange, but God can tell you how many oranges there are in a seed. And He's got a great harvest for you. Amen. The next one, the next one is faith has a different language. The Bible says in Romans 4, 17, that faith uh, that God speaks those things that are not as though they are. God speaks those things that are not as though they are. Jesus comes to a girl uh, that's dead and Jesus says, why do you cry? Why do you weep? She's not dead, she's sleeping. And they laughed at him, you idiot. We know she's dead. D-E-D, -E the doctors have said she's dead. The physicians have said she's dead. The experts have said she's dead. She was dead to everybody else, not to Jesus. To Jesus, it's like, you know what? She's not dead. She's sleeping. I'm going to wake her up. Little girl, I say to you, arise. And phew, up she got. Jesus' language. Lazarus sleeps. I go there to wake him up. Lazarus, come forth. Here's the honest to God truth. Your language sets your future. Your language is the thermostats that sticks, sets the trajectory of your life. Let God change your language. Do you know what kept the children of Israel out of the promised land for 40 years? It was their language. Do you know what got Joshua and Caleb in? Language. When Jesus said to the disciples, I want you to wait in Jerusalem till you receive power. The Bible says when the day of Pentecost came, God gave them power in the form of language. Languages they had never learned. Languages they didn't understand. When you speak in tongues, you have no idea what you're saying. God did this intentionally. I don't understand. Why would God get me to speak something I don't even understand? It's for the sole purpose of you speaking something that your brain can't go, hang on, no, that's not right. Oh, no, that's too good. You can't believe that. Oh, no, that's, that's crazy. Do you know the Holy Spirit prays for you? Whenever you speak in tongues, He prays for you, but He prays without limits. You and I, when I come to God, I disqualify myself. I'm not good enough to ask for that, man. I'm not worthy enough to ask for that, man. You know, I, I haven't had a quiet time today or man, I, you know, I didn't read or I cussed at someone on the freeway or, you know, whatever. And I, I immediately disqualify myself. 
So the Holy Spirit says, you know what? I ain't going to let you set the thermostat of God's potential, God's best, and God's destiny over your life. So I'm going to fill you with the Spirit, and I'm going to give you unknown languages. I'm going to give you languages you don't know what you're saying, but as you pray in them in faith, you're allowing the Holy Spirit to intercede on your behalf. And He's going to your heavenly Father, and He's saying, God, you bless them, and God, you do this, and God, you elevate, and God, you deliver, and you break. The Holy Spirit is praying for you. Everything rises and falls on language. It's not just seeing no evil, it's seeing God's greatness for you. It's not hearing no evil, it's hearing the Word of God, hearing God's promises, hearing in your spirit that your life can be the very best, that God is a God of breakthrough, He's a God of deliverance, He's a God of extraordinary, He's a God who does exceedingly abundantly above all that you can ask or think. And then the last one is lining up so that out of your mouth, God said to Joshua, meditate in my word day and night. Do not let it depart from your mouth. Then you'll make your way prosperous and then you'll have good success. In other words, Joshua, if you can keep speaking my word, my word will trailblaze through. My word will knock down walls. It'll bust through obstacles. My word is the powerhouse that'll cause you to be prosperous and have good success. Have a look at it in Joshua 1.8. God says it emphatically. Don't let it depart from your mouth. Be strong and courageous. You'll make your way prosperous and good success if you keep speaking this word. Let the word of God, let your mouth line up. Let you begin to confess. Begin to confess that God is good. Begin to confess that God is awesome. Begin to speak the word of God over your life. Do you know, here's the saddest thing. I can tell what somebody has by the words that come out of their mouth. I can tell what you have by the words that come out of your mouth. Don't let negativity, don't let hopelessness, don't let fear come out of your mouth. Keep speaking faith. Keep declaring the Word of God. By His stripes I am healed. God takes pleasure in the prosperity of His servant. Right here in San Diego, we're going to buy a home. Salt Lake City, we're going to buy a home. Wherever you live, we're going to buy a home because our God is for us and our God is Jehovah Jireh, the Lord who sees and in seeing provides. Our God is big. Our God is great. Our God is a God of abundance. I don't even need to look to the hand of my boss to be my provider. I can look higher. You know, however my boss pays me is, is one thing, but my God is my father. My God is my provider. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. And not only that, he also owns the thousand hills. He can make his way to you. He can bring his provision to you. He did it again and again and again, and he wants to do it in your life. Don't let those negative me monsters, those three little monkeys, those rascally little monkeys, don't let them get you. Don't let them get you. It's not about seeing no evil, hearing no evil, and speaking no evil. What it is, it's about seeing what God has for you. It's about hearing what God has for you through His Word and to begin to speak and prophesy and declare. Here's the saddest thing, sobering. You're never not prophesying. You're never not prophesying. Declare the Word of God. Let me pray for you. Father, thank You for these beautiful people. Thank You for the presence of God and the power of God. Let it rest mightily upon Your servants. Father, and I pray right now that you draw near. And I pray, Lord God, that people will receive a word that changes what they see. And that's what I hear the Holy Spirit saying. Elijah said, I hear the sound of an abundance of rain. There was no rain. There were no clouds in the sky. He heard first. You need to hear this. He heard before he saw. Oh, why did Jesus send the disciples out to preach the gospel to the poor? Because all they see is poverty, all they see is struggle, and all they see is lack. Nothing changes until they hear differently. 
Elijah heard the sound of an abundance of rain while there was not yet a cloud. But because he heard, one day he would see. Because he heard, one day he would see. There are people here today, the reason you need to be in church, the reason you need to be planted is you need to hear. You just need to hear the Word of God. And if you can keep hearing it, it'll change what you see. And what you see will begin to come manifest. It'll begin to materialize. And then the most powerful thing you can do is begin to hasten that by declaring prophetic words. It was an 11-day journey from Egypt into the promised land. But you know what? The saddest thing is it took them 40 years because for 40 years, these guys wouldn't correct their language. They kept sabotaging the purposes of God. But it was Joshua and Caleb because of their lining up with their mouth, they entered into the promised land. God's got great things for you. See God's best, hear God's word, and then speak and declare God's word and you watch what God does. God bless you guys. It's been a privilege to be with you today. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us online. We hope you had a powerful experience. We wanna take this time to personally help you navigate the next steps in becoming connected. If you made a decision for Christ today, need prayer or want more information about our church, go to our website, c3sandiego.com. And if you didn't get a chance to give online during service and would like to contribute financially, you can go to c3give.com and click on the giving option that works best for you. We look forward to hearing from you. See you at church.